You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talking About Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Olinger, as always, joined by Sean Candy. Sean, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Daniel. We're kind of smack dab in the middle of the dog days of the offseason. Uh, the NBA draft was about a month ago. We're about six weeks out from training camp. So summer league has ended. We're just in a, in a no basketball void where everybody's kind of doing their their football fantasy drafts and excited about the start of the college football season and everything. So for us hoop heads out here, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of the, the dead spot in the calendar, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm good. How are, are you? Are you going to be in the Liberty Ballers fantasy football league again? I, I I've never been in it. I, uh, I you, have too, I have too many. Weekend? No, I've never done it. I, I have too many leagues as it is. And I've, I've been trying to cut down on my leagues over the years. So actually this year I, I cut it down from five to four. Um, I, yeah, so I, I just can't add any more leagues. So as much as I would have liked to have done it with everyone the last few years, it's uh, just adding another league is not an option for me. I added another one this year. So I think I'm going to be at four. Um, <laughs> I know in my first one, I got Devonte Adams, my first pick again for like the second straight year. I, it, I always look Devonte. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he had a tremendous year last year. He's one of the top players in the league. Um, maybe the the wide receiver one in the entire NFL right now. So good guy to have. Yeah. It, it just, it gets to the point where you get too many leagues and it's like, you're either, you either have, or you're going against everyone. And it's just, it's just too conflicting. Like the, you, you, you're like, Oh, I want this guy to do well, but I'm playing him in this other league. So I don't want him to do too well. And it's just really dumb. I, I just, I, I prefer fewer leagues. So I've been trying to cut down. It's just really dumb. It's a really great encapsulation of fantasy football. But, uh, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we have a really fun pod here, I think, for all of you. We're going to be doing an all-time Sixers draft where me and Sean will each play, each pick 10 players from the Sixers historically. We'll get more into that, but just wanted to touch on this real quick. I'll just throw it to you here, Sean, where um, there's a report that came out is saying on my Twitter feed 16 hours ago from Michael Katsky Blomain that Ben Simmons, well, quote, Ben Simmons trade talks have stalled for the time being, and the Sixers are prepared to have him on the roster at the start of the season, according to a league source. Sean, I'll just throw it to you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's kind of been trending in this direction. Uh, Daryl Morey was asking for the, the sun and the moon in, in any trade requests this, this summer for Ben. Um, and, you know, obviously many teams were, reticent to to meet such a high asking price for for him after his his poor postseason performance uh particularly how things ended against atlanta and yeah they don't want to 
buy absolutely high when his his value is at an all-time low for him. Um, so teams aren't asking what Daryl wants, and it seems like the 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 offers that have come in aren't commensurate with a young multiple-time all-star defensive player of the year caliber guy. So uh, it, it looks more and more like we might be in a situation where he does start the year and the team just kind of waits for a disgruntled star to become available. Uh, you know, the, if, if Damian Lillard decides he ever wants to finally make his trade demand or if Bradley Beal sees that adding uh, – the, the the handful of rotation guys if, if Kyle Kuzma isn't enough to to suddenly vault Washington into the top tier of the east then he might finally make a, a trade demand himself um and then if if a guy like that does make some kind of request ar- around the uh, trade deadline or something the Sixers would be better positioned than any team in the league to to make a offer and put a, a tremendous package together um so yeah i think it's looking more and more like that is going to be the case. Um, Sixers and Sixers fans might have to to wrap their head around that. Uh, it, it could be really weird and awkward, but fortunately, it's in everyone's best interest for for everyone to get along and for Ben to perform well. Uh, he wants to to show that he's still a high level player and that he he's worth a, another team building around him. So there's no reason for him to not performed to the best of his capability. And uh, obviously the Sixers would want it to work because they're still going to be in a, one of the top teams in the East. I think the odds makers have them as the third best team in the Eastern conference right now. So they're going to want to do everything possible to put themselves in a, another good position for seeding and to have a, another great year next year as, as they look to, to contend for a title, which is the, their ultimate goal. So yeah, it, I, I mean, we're, like I said, we're about six weeks away from training camp and uh, the rumors have definitely died down and it's looking more and more like Ben is, is going to start the season with the club. Yeah. And I think it's just worth mentioning, like you said, they're still third in the odds making for the East. Like Sixers fans are understandably frustrated at the playoff exit, but it is worth mentioning that as it looks like they might be doing, bring back most of this team for, to start the season and having, it's the same team that won the most games in the Eastern Conference and did have the one seed and a potential this the runner-up MVP candidate in Joel Embiid. It will still be a good team. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know they 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 made good moves around the margins. They got Danny back on a on a Danny Green back on a team-friendly deal. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is hopefully ready to take that next step and be a a real rotation guy and a and a, and a contributor from day one this season. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you hope that somebody like Paul Reed can take a next step and that Drummond, Andre Drummond, can fill in for Dwight Howard pretty seamlessly in that backup center role and just kind of keep things moving along here. Um, yeah, because anytime you have Joel Embiid like in his prime and playing as one of the best players in the world right now, you're, you're going to have a chance anytime you take the floor. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But it's definitely not a sky is falling situation with the Sixers. Um, it's just, it just could be kind of awkward given, you know, where all parties left uh, when last season ended, but uh, yeah, it doesn't look like much is happening. Um, so if anything does, we'll, we'll have more to discuss on it down the road, but uh, yeah, for now, uh, I think we have a, a fun off season type uh, discussion here to have between you and I. 
discussion or competition in which i mean <laughs> I, I think i'm gonna win but we'll just see here <laughs> so, how, yeah. how how do you determine a winner <laughs> That'll be also determined at a later date, but for now, I'll just lay out the rules here. What rules? We are going to snake draft 10 players each from the Sixers historically. You can pick any player that has been on the Sixers at any point. It is just that they, and I think that includes the Syracuse Nationals, because if you want to go that far back, because that includes the, that is the Sixers franchise and what morphed into them. But does I, not include the Philadelphia Warriors. It does not. So. That is that is correct. The Philadelphia Warriors are not fair game. It is yes. the Syracuse Nationals and the Philadelphia 76ers. Those are those are that is the Sixers franchise. What historically counts for them? The three titles of 55, 67, and 83. Um and do, yeah. do the Delaware Bluecoats count? And can I select the 2020 version of Paul Reed? Yeah, go ahead, man. Like <laughs> do your thing. But um, yeah, the basically the thing is. You can pick any of these players, but you get the version of them when they were with the Sixers. So just because like, like okay, here's a good example. Like um Elton Brand, like when he played with the Sixers, still wasn't a bad player, but he was not what he used to be like with the Clippers in the early two thousands. You don't get early two thousands Elton Brand just because he played for the Sixers in twenty ten. You get twenty ten Elton Brand. Does that make that all make sense? Makes sense to me. Can I select 2010's version of Elton Brand and have him then be the GM for the rest of my team. Oh, I, I think we're by, <laughs> we're by nature the GMs. Okay, it, it's a collaborative front office here, though. So maybe no, but uh, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. I get it. Um, you get that version of the guy in a Sixers uniform. So I'm ready to rock and roll. So I have a coin here. Do we want to flip and whoever wins either gets the. Fr- does winner get first pick or like, how do we want to do this? Well, winner can choose whether they want to go first or not. Okay. So you call it. I'm, right, going, I'm, going, I'm going heads. This is great audio. I dropped the coin on the floor, but it is heads. Your choice. All right. I'm going to go. I'm going to go second. Okay. I wanted to go second. <laughs> yeah. See, that's why you. You gotta win and I, point toss. I have a feeling we have similar reasons as to why, because so I'll just because I think this is a good way to start the discussion too. There's a very good case that by the time Joel Embiid's career is over, the three best players in Sixers history are all centers, which I think makes this a little weird. Yeah, I I, I looked at this also, and Sixers as a franchise very deep at the center position which i guess makes sense because about five years ago people joked that they could start start an all-center lineup um so there's a rich history of centers being affiliated with uh, the philadelphia 76ers but yes i i reached the same conclusion there's an obvious pick here I would understand the arguments, but maybe he isn't as good as the others because it's hard to understand how it historically translates. But I think just for the numbers, I have to take him. Because I was going to be the smart guy and take the other two of picks two and three, but stupid coin flip screw. I should have just lied and said it was tails. There's We do not have facial, we do not have video on this that you cannot see me. I could have lied and gotten away with it. No one would have done anything. But um, I think- Truly really honorable. I appreciate it. I think I will go with Wilt Chamberlain. Just, I have to. 
he's just not, not a not a terrible. No, I don't know if anyone's agonized about getting yeah. Old Chamberlain quite as much as you just I understand did. arguments <laughs> against him historically, especially his offense, where it was just basically him taking a million shots a game. That kind of his team's offenses were never that great because they they're basically whole offense funneled through him and it ne- just that you limit the pathways to score and that those other pathways just aren't as good when they don't get exercised as much. But at the end of the day, he's the guy who averaged 50 points per game. And I feel like I have to take him first, especially when there's as good as the other two options were at center. And I would definitely not say anyone's dumb. If you would say you would rather have them. I think I just have to go with them. We should make clear that you aren't getting the wilt that averaged 50 points. I know. But he did average 33 and 24 as a member of the Sixers. Wilt's stats for like the first 10 years of his career were basically whatever he decided them to be in the regular season. The man, the man out of spite led the league in assists. That's that's really all you need to know about what he was capable of doing. Basically, Wilt from Wilt his entire like 13 year career was basically whatever he wanted to be. So, you know, (laughs) I think I'm fine. Yes, not not a, not a bad first overall pick for you by any so you means. Got, you got the next two, Sean. Yeah, so I, I wanted to go this way because while, while Wilt is arguably the greatest player in Sixers franchise history, as we said, the center position is very deep. So there's a lot of other ways you can go and still feel fine with, with who you have on your back line of defense, whereas there is not quite as much depth at... Uh, in other areas, one of which I'll get to in a moment. But first, I'm going to take Julius, the Doctor Irving, to uh, to man the wing for me. Uh, obviously, he's still a a team ambassador. He has a storied place in this franchise's history. Still very involved with the team. Comes to a lot of games. Um, after his his ABA stint, came over to to Philadelphia and. Basically oh, average. That is, that is true. You don't get ABA Dr. J, who was like the mythic being. Yes, exactly. But I'll still take the guy who made, I'm just counting real quick, 11 straight all-star teams as a member of the Sixers. And for nine of those years, he averaged over 20 points a game, uh, close to 27 points a game at one point. Uh, you know, not, not a prolific three-point shooter, but given the fact that it wasn't really a thing back then as much as it is now, I'm, I'm confident that if he was in a modern game, he could definitely be a, uh, well, I mean, a, I don't know. You watch some of Dr. J's old games. Like he really couldn't shoot but the difference. Just that he's one of those guys where his first step and like his rip through was so explosive. You didn't really need it. It's just like, if anyone got anywhere near him, he was just faster and more athletic to them than them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I, I just feel like it's a situation where he didn't need to. So it might not have been something he ever worked on as much. And I, and I feel like if the fact that he was a very good free throw shooter, like 78% for his career, and everyone always says how that's a good indicator for three point success, I feel like he, he, he could have figured it out to at least been like a league average shooter um, from the outside. But, you know, great playmaker, averaged over four assists a game for his career. Uh, very good defensively. He averaged two steals and uh, over one and a half blocks per game. So just like a like a like a Matisse Thibel, who was also a a lead creator on offense, um, and shot over fifty percent from the field in his career as as a wing, which is 
you know, very impressive. Obviously, he didn't take a ton of outside shots. But, yeah, I mean, the man is a, is a Hall of Famer for a reason. Um, he's We're talking about one of the best players in franchise history. So I'm going to take him with my first pick, number two overall. And then my third pick, or the third overall pick, not the guy I think would be the, the third best player in franchise history, but I think the drop-off between him and the next guy at the position is just so steep. And I think he's far and away the best true point guard in franchise history. So I'm going to take him here because I don't, Whoa. I don't think he would. You're taking Mo Cheeks right here. I am. Wow. Okay. Um, that is a strategy. Yeah. For sure. Well, I, I just think there, there's not like a second true point guard that, that really enters this conversation. So I'm going to get the guy who, I, I think he's still the all-time leader in assists for the franchise. Yeah, well, um, assists aren't a real stat. The assists suck as a stat. They, they're the it's the worst stat. <laughs> it just assists are completely based on like scorekeeper discretion and whether guys make shots out of value. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but he with the Sixers, he shot fifty-two percent from the field. Uh, at his peak, he was you know. 15 points a game, nine listen, assists a game. Listen, I understand that Mo Cheeks is really good. I just want to point out here that team fit-wise, I don't think I could ever get them on the court. You have left me the option here with picks four and five to maybe go Moses Malone and Joel Embiid and just decide that you're never allowed to rebound against my team ever. Okay, but I just, I'm, I just I'm, I'm, I'm looking at team – cons- I said, I said I don't, I, he's not the third best player in franchise history, but I'm looking at team construction. and. If you hey, you want to play twin towers and have absolutely no spacing, you know, be my guest. I'm I'm trying to look at okay, making just, making a not, roster that fits. I'm just gonna have Moses Embiid and Wilt Chamberlain stand around the paint, and you're never getting layups ever again. <laughs> well, you're just never getting them. We won't have to shoot layups. We'll just we'll just shoot mid range. And uh... <laughs> I will look at that. And then on this <laughs> other end, I need three of them. We'll have Joel Embiid spot. Joel Embiid will spot up from three. Wilt Chamberlain will be in the <laughs> most Malone will be in the dunker spot. Wilt Chamberlain posting up. They'll all crash at the same time. And again, like who are you gonna have boxing them out? Like, is it just gonna be a, uh, what is it? Thirty-year-old Matumbo? <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. If if that's a strategy you want to go, you're you're on the clock, man. I just took Dr. J. I took Mo Cheeks with my my second pick. Uh, you're you're on the clock. You got two two picks on the next wraparound. I'm so tempted to do it. I'm so tempted to say screw so Again, I really think you can make a case that these once Embiid's career is over, these three end up being the three best players in Sixers history in Moses Malone, Joel Embiid, and Will Chamberlain. Oh, it's so tempting. It is just staring me in the face right now. Oh, this is agony. I'm so shocked you didn't take one of them. If Listen, if it was a, a five-player draft, like a five-team draft, and I, I didn't think that the center depth was what it was because we didn't have to take more than two apiece, then, yeah, I would go with one of those guys. But we're doing a two-team draft where we're each playing, selecting 10 guys. There's, I think there's plenty of Hall of Fame caliber talent at the center position to go around. So, yeah, I, I went with the only true point guard that I, I felt really entered this conversation. Uh, it was just 
when when I mapped it out. That's that's what I I landed on. Okay. I am first going to take Joel Embiid. Just right there, give myself a dominant team. And one that I think if at least I think you could still play a line from Embiid and Chamberlain, at least of Embiid's ability to shoot. And then again, just like at some point, talent is good enough that it can work together. You're just trying to recreate the the all-time version of the Embiid Simmons quandary. Embiid, uh, Ch- Chamberlain <laughs> and Embiid, I think, just, just tell me, like, it's going to be very hard for you to ever have two. I probably the two most physically talented guys on the court at all times if they're playing. Yeah, I don't know. Dr. J is pretty physically talented. <laughs> and being a Chamberlain are like seven foot, both seven feet tall and two of like the stronger guy, guys at seven feet tall you're ever going to find. Yeah, we're going to run your guys up and down the court until they're unable to keep up. Like, I know Joel has improved his cardio, but we're going to have a bunch of gazelles out there just, just racing seven seconds or less offense. And your, your seven footers aren't going to be able to hack it once the, uh, the game gets to the second half. Uh, who to take here um man i'm so tempted to just do moses malone but i don't think i can do it because i do need a perimeter player just in theory at least I mean, Charles Barkley is the most talented guy on the board, probably at the perimeter, but also ah, Charles is going to want the ball so much, and he also posting up is his best form of offense. So I have a pick here that some people get mad at me for, but I think it actually helps my team a lot. I might just have to say screw it and go for it. Yeah, i probably have to just do it. Um... I'm going to take Jimmy Butler. <laughs> wow. I, okay, Jimmy's, Jimmy was really good in his one season. Fourth here. in the – or fifth in the all-time Sixers draft hey, hey, is Jimmy we Butler. Were, we said we were constructing teams, right, that worked Yes, like, we sure did. Drafting talent-wise. And Jimmy is going to – like I said, I need a ball handler for my offense, someone who can threaten from the perimeter like Jimmy can. And I think he just – and defensively, he's like – I mean, Jimmy, like, first of all, my defense right now is Jimmy Butler, Wilt Chamberlain, and Joel Embiid. Like, those are three all-time great defenders. Joel Embiid is your best three-point shooter. Jimmy, no, Jimmy, when he turns, Jimmy, when he turns it on. Jimmy shot from th- fine from three in the series against the Raptors, and more importantly, he's willing enough to shoot that teams will close out on him. Like, Jimmy's not a problem for your spacing. <laughs> Jimmy went, I think, about th- three weeks without taking a three as a sixer or something. I thought that was no. I think that was with Miami, right? It was. Uh, there was. There was a. I don't know if he didn't like take a three, but there was a stretch where he was taking like less than one per game for like a two month period. I mean, honestly, it's just a theme throughout Sixers history that the team has never been a great shooting team and has always struggled with three point finding good three point shooters. This is true. There, there just... might might be some guys that pop up later to append amend this discussion with. I just I think team fit wise it makes sense because like I said Charles Barkley's best thing is a post up and I also think Charles is probably going to inhale too much of the offense while giving back a lot defensively so as good as Charles Barkley is I just don't think I can do it so yeah 
my team right now is Will Chamberlain, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler. You have the next two picks. Listen, I, I had Jimmy in like on my sheet as guys to consider for this this top 20 list, but for him to go fifth overall is Jimmy, I mean, quite Jimmy's, the... Jimmy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy I'm aware. is a great yeah. player. Yeah, I know. Um, that's that's fine. <laughs> that's I just fifth. I, I'm I'm very surprised. Okay. Okay. So, look at the Sixers guard depth historically until after you took Maurice Cheeks. Who else was I getting? Exactly. That's why I took him. See how you were so thrown by it that you took Jimmy Butler fifth overall. <laughs> but Jimmy Butler's better than Maurice Cheeks. Oh. Uh, okay. I'm, like I think it's pretty clear Jimmy Butler's a better player than Maurice Cheeks. All right. So I am I am gonna go Moses here. I'm not gonna let you do something weird. And yeah, just, I had to let you get him just spite, spite me for for that so yeah because moses is like again moses has a case for like the top pick overall and he's at six but you're yep. and he fell to me at six <laughs> thanks to my great draft strategy um so yeah i'm taking moses he was you're just reconstructing the 1983 sixers not a bad thing to do they did win a title so maybe i too will win the title um yeah so aside from his his late career one year send off uh Moses had a four-year stint in Philly. He averaged around 24 and 15 a game. Considered one of the best rebounders in NBA history. Just he's, one. I don't think he's. I did that big video on him last year. Like I'm not even sure how great of a defensive rebounder is. But the thing is, basically, like there is no question he is the greatest offensive rebounder to ever live. Like it's just there's not even anyone in the discussion besides him. Yeah, he averaged around with with Philadelphia during that four years. He averaged around five offensive rebounds per game, which is <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Yeah, like. His like whole thing was that his feet were quicker than every other center. He had great instincts and like just really strong lower body and just basically relentless. Like he'll throw it up at the backboard as many times as he needs to. He just has incredible energy and quickness. Yep. Just just one of the more rugged players in in league history. So even if he's not as physically imposing as the the two guys on your team, I, I feel confident that he's he has the strength and wherewithal to to hold his own down there and then as you said he's he's just relentless on the offensive glass so he's going to tire your guys out they're going to have to keep track of him at all times to keep him off the offensive the offensive boards and uh right, oh, my bad <laughs> so that that's uh I, I feel good about moses in the pivot for me um my next pick i'm gonna go with hal greer as my starting shooting guard. And a hush uh, fell over the crowd. Why did the hush fall over the crowd? Because I didn't think you were going to pick Al Greer. Why not? I you mean, said we can, go, we can go Syracuse. And and obviously he had a, a long career with, with Philadelphia. So I, I'm, you know, I'm dipping into this the Syracuse franchise uh, talent pool. Um, no, I'm played... just surprised you're going Al Greer over some other options. This is This is why we do the exercise, man. We don't. There's, there's no consensus. We're, we're going to see how, how it plays out. Um, so, yeah, Hal Greer, guy who uh, played his entire career with, with Philadelphia, um, 10-time All-Star, consistently over 20 points per game during his prime, just uh, considered one of the better pure scorers in the early NBA history. And just another guy that, you know, obviously the three-point line didn't exist, but 80% free throw, throw shooter for his career, I feel confident. He would be a, a great outside shooter and uh, averaged around 
four assists per game for his career. So good secondary playmaker um, between him and Dr. J, who are both great, you know, playmakers from the wing. You have the the, the table setter with Mo Cheeks, who can just, uh, you know, doesn't need to do the scoring load because we got these these tremendous scoring options on the wing. Um, yeah, that's I, f- I feel good about Hal Greer here. So Moses Hal Greer, that's my turnaround. Back to you, Daniel. Saying I got four assists per he got four assists per game as a guard is like said like trying to say that I got uh an A in tenth grade class X and trying to act like it's an achievement. Like yeah, you did good. But like, he wasn't a point guard though. I'm saying he has that that secondary playmaking ability. He, assists, he averaged oh, over over assists, twenty. Assists should not be tracked. They're not a good stat. It is, and this is back in the '60s when assists were much harder to come by. It's not like today not, where where you make a pass, a guy a guy takes three dribbles the towards of the hoop. That is completely result based, and that is inherently a problem. Well, this is what we have to go. I don't. I don't have the uh, the Raptor analytics grades for Hal Greer from the '60s, man. So this is what I have to go off of. Okay, my picks. I have the next few picks. Rounding out, what I guess is my starting five, and I don't have to like basically my whole set. Never. I do not have to deal with the Joel Embiid backup center curse anymore because I mean, he might be the backup to Wilt. It's just either one of him or Wilt are on the court at all times. So I think my my net rating is going to be pretty good regardless. Um, it would be amazing, though, if they played together and just, like, as soon as Wilt Chamberlain was on Joel Embiid's team, Wilt minutes without Joel, like, minus five per 100. <laughs> like, it's just, like, destined to happen no matter what. Um, but, uh, okay, I think I know who I want as my picks here. I'm banking on a lot of just pure talent, but I just had so much ta- I would have so much talent if I just went this way. Yeah, I think it's the way to go. Because I do need, like you said, I do not have the most shooting but or scoring juice. And we, we are doing this injuries turned off in theory, right? Like, like it's not like this guy can get injured when they're playing. Well, it's, it's, it's like they're playing a playoff series. So they have to play okay. seven games. But I get it. They I don't get... have to go through an 82-game season. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I, I think I'm fine with this guy then because – at his very best, and it was with the Sixers, he was a machine. Um, give me Andrew Tony. That's yeah, I, I definitely had him uh, pegged for a round or two from now. And I think I think the talent's just too good to pass this part. Give me Charles Barkley. Like I just I have so much. I feel like I have so much physical talent in my stuff. My first five here: Will Chamberlain, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Tony, Charles Barkley. Like. I just feel like my team's going to physically overwhelm everybody. This team's, <laughs> this team's huge and strong. Like, like, Jimmy Butler and Charles Barkley are outrageously strong forwards at their size. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we're, we're, we're picking from among the best players in NBA history. So, yes, you have good players, Daniel. I'm worried about your roster construction. I don't, I don't know how these, these pieces okay. fit together. When Charles Barkley is posting a Hal Greer in, our, in the crunch time offense for him, you will, I will eat your words. Uh, I, what, I, I guess you're running a switch-heavy scheme or something that I'm getting you, my shooting guard. Well, you have you have like two. You do not have a ton of big people outside of Moses Malone. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna mash you inside the whole game. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Fair enough. Um, so I'm on the clock. So this guy will not be in my starting lineup, but I think he, he represents the, the ultimate microwave bench scorer. And I'm going to go with the answer, Allen Iverson. Um, that's a, that's a, you are really banking on guards here. Well, if there's something I've learned in watching Sixers basketball over the, this last decade or so, it's that guard play is important. Um, <laughs> So while well, constructing my all-time team, I'm going to make sure I get some good guards. So, you know, we don't need to talk about AI too much. He's obviously still the, probably the most popular player in among the current fan base. I mean, I, I, may, maybe Joel is because it's, he's still playing, but. I will, I'll just say this admittedly for a second. Um, I might've taken Iverson over Andrew Tony, but when I was writing down all my names, I actually just forgot to write down Iverson's name. <laughs> admittedly. Although I honestly, I think, I think Tony's better because I need Embiid and Wilt to have the ball most of the time as well. As, I think with my team's construction, I don't need another ball dominant player in Iverson. So just, that was a quick tangent to keep going. Yeah. So yeah, he's going to come off my bench. It's going to be like, well, we'll see how it plays out with the rest of my roster, but I just envision him taking on kind of the the Lou Williams bench role from the the early two thousands Sixers, um, and just he comes in, he's going to have the ball in his hands, he's going to get buckets, and that's that's what his role in this team is going to be. And as the the pound for pound greatest to ever play, I feel like he is that's ready such to. A, that's such a dumb title. <laughs> like and sucks that Iverson's better just can make your next pick all right uh if you don't like the pound for pound greatest to ever play I'll I'll do the greatest to ever spend nine thousand dollars bringing strippers to a TGI Friday's Allen Iverson <laughs> make your next pick <laughs> all right uh my next guy I'm gonna go Dolph Shays. I need a little more size. See, okay, this is the weirdest pick. No, I under I understand what you're saying because Dolph like is one of the greatest players of the 1950s. But you know, like some people say that might say that's a backhanded compliment. Like, you know, just do we it's hard to for us to know how good Dolph Shays was. We know that in his era, he was relatively good. He had I mean, like he's a rebounding machine, if I remember correctly. And he was the best player on the 55 title team, but yeah, continue. Yeah. I mean, obviously like anyone from 2021 is probably going to be more athletic than aside from Wilt, like anyone that played in 1955. I, I'm aware of that. I, I'm just trying not to completely discount that and maybe Get- I know, and I think he is good, but like there's a, you have to admit there's like a 10% chance he gets sent ahead to this, 
hypothetical game and we're like, oh crap, he looks like Todd McCullough. <laughs> hey, <laughs> now you're screwed. Todd McCullough <laughs> is the the greatest pinball player to ever come out of Canada. So great. That's uh, and you're <laughs> right. He is the greatest pinball player to ever. <laughs> but he, like, like imagine he just gets out there and he's like calling for a a, tw- a 17 foot hook shot with like <laughs> on the shot clock and it misses the rim. Like ah, <laughs> like you're just. I, what do you do? And then on the other end, Charles Barkley like dunks on him so hard, like his glasses break. <laughs> like this is all in the realm of possibility is what i'm saying i hear you i'm trying to to translate fitness and like overall strength building regimens you know fast forward 50 years here here's what these these talented players would look like if if in a modern environment um while while still giving a tip of the cap to those who came before us um so yeah like you said best best player on the title team uh like 85% 85% free throw shooter for his career. And yeah, he's six, close, eight, close, six, close to probably shoot. I bet he could hit spot up shots at this yeah. era. He could probably hit a spot up three. I also don't think he could keep any of my five guys on my team in front of him, but continue. All right. So, yeah, great rebounder. I feel like between him and Moses, uh, I, I feel good about my ability to clean the glass. And yeah, like I said, uh, almost on almost 10 free throw attempts per game. For, for the bulk of his prime, he was around an 85 to 90% shooter from the line. So I feel like he, he had a nice little, nice little stroke. Um, I feel like he could definitely hit some mid-range, some, maybe some spot up from the perimeter. Uh, you, given you and your give, mid-range. You, you're just going to be Iverson, Greer, Mo Cheeks, Julius Herman, Dolph Shays all just hit, taking 18-footers all game. You're just going to wear us down. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to run and then hit 18-footers. Yes, uh, that's that's the main strategy. All right, so that that's that's my my six so far. And so. I know your team should be a good rebounding team, but you have to think you're going against my team, which already has Wilt Embiid and Charles Barkley getting re- – like the Sixers, like we said, a very historically bad shooting team, but if we are not going to make our shots, we are sure as heck going to get that rebound. Like the Sixers have a case of the greatest rebounding team. Yeah. A lot, lot of offensive rebounds to be had when you, when you shoot a lot of bricks. Yeah, just a, it, it's hilarious that they – it's just such – like what other NBA team has that kind of identity just throughout their franchise's entire history? Like, there's at no point where they a like a very small guard centric team. Like I, I can't think of any time they were ever like that, and it was like a really good team. <laughs> but I'll just move on to my next two picks. Let's see here. Hmm. I'm looking at the names here. I forgot that I was getting bored because I knew we were only going to pick like four centers and it was pretty clear who were the best. And I just wrote down Craig Bracken's name in all caps. <laughs> yes, he's available. If you want to. <laughs> <He is. laughs> Very available. Craig. <laughs> oh man. Um, the guard. Yeah. The guards are pretty barren at this point. There is a guy I could take, but well, I might, but I could just keep going all in on athleticism. Cause my team is so wicked athletic. Okay, yeah, I think because this is good for team construction here. A guy who I think will help us a lot in this area, Bobby Jones. Yep, I was, I was, I was looking at him. Just like again, I think my team is just all out. Just we are more athletic than you. Try and stop us. Which I think I, I, I honestly don't hate as a strategy, just because I have like six incredible athletes on my team right now. Um, there are. Three names I'm looking at, and they're all very well. The 
one of them is very different from the other two, but I think they make the most sense at this point. <sighs> Great audio right here, but um, <laughs> oh man, I'm so conflicted right now. But which is good. Oh wait, I can also take him. Ooh, they're all so good. <sighs> yes, yes, Daniel, you have all but seven of the greatest players who ever wore a Sixers uniform. They, they, there are some good players left. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it is cool that with the Sixers, we can do this, like compared to other franchises, like, I mean, towards you get to 16 through 20, I think you're starting to scrap a little bit, but like, it is impressive that you can basically build out of teams that are really, really impressive here. Like, I mean, like, think if it's the Minnesota Timberwolves, like, Wally Serbiak probably goes round five. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a little bit of a difference here. So, um, yeah, yeah they, they don't quite have the storied history of, of the Philadelphia Syracuse franchise, to yeah. be sure. Oh, man. I'm looking at four names now. I talked myself into someone else, maybe, as I was going through this. Oh, he's... All right, man. You're on the clock. No, I know. I know. I have you to. Got, you got 10 seconds left. Uh, ooh, uh, Other, otherwise it's like the nfl draft and i get to make the selection behind you um give me give me uh billy cunningham all right give us give us your i'm i'm really glad i i really was hoping this next guy fell to me but give, give and he did so give me your cunningham I know he probably was like runner up in the 1969 MVP race. Uh, he was a best player for a lot of good Sixers teams. And then I think, a, well, wasn't he a supporting? I want to just look it up real quick because I, I haven't looked into it in a while, but I know he, you know, I mean, he had a great career, the Kangaroo kid, uh, you know, support as a second year player, a good supporting piece, average 18 points per game on the 67 Sixers who won the title, five time All Star, just another like, <laughs> another great rebounding forward who I also think like, I think if I remember correctly, he was like a decent shot. Like it was one of those guys who did not get to play the three point line. But I think if we, like you're saying with all your hypotheticals, like with like time, fast forwarding these players, like it's not ridiculous to say that give Billy Cunningham the training in modern day and he could shoot threes. Right. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't quite as prolific a free throw shooter. He was only but 73% I, for his career. But, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, he did in the ABA, he did shoot 28%. So he did take them at least the one year. So it, it wasn't like it was some foreign concept to him. Um, all right. All right. I, I don't have any great. I was really struggling with that pick. You just, let's just move on to year two. All right. I'm very glad he fell to me. Andre, Iga, Dala, Dala, That was the other name I was about to say. I yeah. think that as a scorer, which I think my team could use a little more off the dribble scoring. I think Cunningham's better, but I mean, I can't have any qualms against Iggy. Like Iggy's good. <laughs> Andre, ultimate glue guy, arguably. I one feel of like the most... you have to start him though if you're going to guard my guard my team because I just don't think athletically your other guys will hold up against my team. Well, that's a great thing. He's comfortable coming off the bench or being a starter. Roles he filled in one series on his way to a Finals MVP. Um, that was obviously not with the Sixers. That was later in his career, but still he had that, had that in his bones, ready to un be unleashed if the Sixers had ever reached the finals. Um, but yeah, his, his peak when he, he did make the, the all-star team with, with Philadelphia, um, you know, just really well-rounded player, 
like guard one through four, basically uh, on, on the gold medal winning USA team. He was just the glue guy that was willing to do all the dirty stuff that the, the stars who were just more comfortable just having their ball, the ball in their hands at all times. And then everything else, it, it just kind of like fell by the wayside. He was the guy that they, you know, pulled it together and, and really kept that, that kind of all-star team that was it. You don't, you don't really get a look at, all right, throw five of the best players in the league and have them play competitively because all, all, all-star games are not that. So when the few instances where the, the Olympic team or the, the national team had a competitive opponent, that was when you really got to see like, Oh, how do these guys fit in that sort of environment? And Iguodala was the perfect guy for that. So if we're, we're, constructing this all-time team and you have all these great players all these stars like he will fill a similar role just seamlessly defending wherever he needs to defend at a high level just as a cutter as a you know a tertiary playmaker just running up and down the court and finishing in transition you know he he's obviously long in the tooth now but just and he he should have won a dunk contest like that's how amazing an athlete a young Andre Iguodala was um so yeah, yeah he I, I mean i have no qualms against this pig bro like i think it's a good pick so to make your next one <laughs> <laughs> all right and then uh just so that you you don't swipe him for me later out of out of some weird spite uh i am gonna go dikembe mutombo here um i was obviously... not going to um i'm very happy you made that pick i know exactly who my next two picks are and i'm gonna win because that was the wrong pick you could have waited till 10 and you would have got him Ugh. You made a mistake, Sean. All right. Maybe. Maybe. All right. So Dikembe Mutombo, old. he obviously played. Old. I'm just going to keep saying old. <laughs> well, but yeah, two, just two, two seasons <laughs> in Philly. He was obviously the, the linchpin of the defense in their finals run. Um, I think he, you know, did what he could against Shaq. Obviously, Shaq at that Didn't point. Shaq averaged 40 and 15 in that series. Shaq in that period of his career was an unstoppable force. Yeah, and I will Chamberlain, I, Joel Embiid. They're going to do the same thing. I I don't think I love Joel. I don't think Joel is the same okay, physical presence at, at this those point of his career that Shaq was in two thousand one. But they're still okay. So they want instead of forty and fifteen, they'll get thirty three and twelve. Like I'm still going to be doing fine. All right. Well, he's my backup center. Um, I'm reminded of the all-star game where they went four guards with Dikembe and just he had to defend everything in that frantic Eastern Conference comeback um and then they just ran him out of the gym so that that could be an option for me if I if I do decide to go small against your big guys and just have Dikembe defend the rim and then just go full press attack with a, a smaller lineup against you so that you know he's a former defensive player of the year I I feel good with him as my backup center Dikembe Mutombo and you get the finger wag swag. I'm all about it. You could have picked Craig Brackens and it would have had the same effect. <laughs> also, honestly, I'm not even going to pick him at this point, but there's better options. Dude, you could have waited till 10. I was not picking Dikembe. My team does not need Dikembe at all. I know. Oh, but... He gave me exactly what I want here. All right. Like, I, I probably made a mistake taking Iggy over Billy, uh, Billy Cunningham over Iggy, but I still think Billy's good. And I get the two guys I wanted right here um, Ben Simmons, Kyle Korver. Okay, I was not taking Simmons, so. Well, 
yeah, I know we can have the Simmons discussion we want, but like Simmons is objectively a great regular season player. And again, my team athletically is just going to murder your team. We are so much more athletic. And then we also have Kyle Corver to space the floor. Okay, so you one guy, two guys you can shoot. No, t- Bob, Andrew Tony, Jimmy Butler and Andrew Tony could shoot. And Charles Barkley was making enough threes, but Charles Barkley will get closeouts from your defense. And by Charles the way, Barkley was the statistically worst high volume yeah. three point shooter in the The thing is, being high volume, like you still get some closeouts. Like that's what that's what modern NBA is about. If you get if you shoot enough of them at like and you're a star player like Charles was, you will still get closeouts eventually. So I don't think he's going to kill my space. And again, none of this matters because all my whole entire team is just going to run you down because we have all hit the weight room more than you have, except for Corver, who's me. He's the one guy above the break who you can't leave him because he'll make a three. Okay, so. My team is so stacked. <laughs> like you're just gonna be like okay, just like I, I I agree. Ben Simmons is more athletic than anyone from 1960, but you you have to make some sort of generational transition to like assume they would be reasonably in the same level of athleticism. Bet, well, I just like I know what you're saying, but my team doesn't have quote unquote great fit because maybe our spacing stuff. But like, I think he, if you're picking the Sixers' best players all time, you're gonna run into that problem no matter what. Like, I don't think your team has great spacing either. It's just like you have a little bit better, but it's that, that's the problem. The Sixers historically, like we said, like they are very much a bulk over shooting team. Like that's just how their franchise has gone. Fair enough. Your your last two picks here. All right, I'm gonna go Drew Holiday. Fair enough. Like it is younger Drew, who I don't think like this past year's version of Drew Holiday, who was basically the deep one of the best guard defenders in the entire league, is not the Drew Holiday you're getting. I do think his shot was a little better back then. Like it's still young Drew Holiday, which is fair to mention, right? Yeah, of course. So I'm getting 22 year old Drew Holiday, who made an All Star team. Uh, he shot 37% from three during his four seasons in Philly. Uh, had really come into his own as a playmaker by the time. Uh, his he was traded from from Philadelphia. Like he he was an excellent lead ball handler and creator at that point of his career. Um, you know, was and still is one of the better guard defenders in the league. And uh, yeah, as I, as I said, had had good uh, profini- proficiency as a shooter at that point in his career. Um, still did. I mean, shot thirty nine percent for Milwaukee this past year. Like, still just a really solid shooter. Um, so I think he can, he can really do it, do anything you need. Just another guy that like, like Andre can, you know, fill in the cracks and do, do the dirty work that, uh, you're going to need because you're going to have other, you know, primary initiators and, and guys with the ball in their hands. Um, but yeah, as, as, as a backup guard who can uh, come in and really defend and, you know, he doesn't take anything off the table. Um, yeah, I really like having Drew Holiday there. All right, and finally, <laughs> we uh, we talked about him a little bit, but in in, in text message, and oh, so you're, wow. probably, you're probably going to scoff at this. It is Craig Rackens. <laughs> it is Craig Rackens. <laughs> um, do I want to go this way? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take Chris Weber. Again, this is 0506 Chris Webber, not prime Sacramento Kings Chris Webber. Yes, for the listeners. But with Philadelphia in 2005, 2006, 
he averaged 20 points a game, 10 rebounds a game, three assists a game, Daniel, a very important three assists a game. Um, you know, as, as a stretch four type, uh, it wasn't as big at, in this point in the two thousands, like it wasn't required of every power forward to shoot, to shoot threes, but he, he, he did shoot a little bit. He was a, you know, a 30% three point shooter for his career with Philadelphia he shot around 28%. So, uh, I, I think given the fact that he was a willing, a guy that was willing to do that, uh, he'd probably be slightly better, probably probably more like a 30, a 33, 34% shooter in the modern NBA. Um, Could he play, was he still good on de- at defense at this point in his career or was it all bad? It wasn't great. Obviously the injuries had, had slowed it, but I really like having the idea of having him as like a top of the key offensive hub. Like obviously he wasn't the same guy he was in Sacramento, but he, even with the Sixers, he was still a a really good, uh, he he had good court, like tremendous court vision. And uh, your bench offense is basically just going to be the Oh five Sixers offense of Iverson and Chris Webber. (laughs) I didn't think about that, but yeah, kind of, I don't know if that's the the best way to go, my friend. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. uh, oh, just remembering the 0546 club and you're you're right I didn't even think about that um but yeah I, I mean Weber was just a cerebral cerebral player um and I I feel good having him come off the bench as a as a guy that you know can initiate offense a little bit uh can can again hit the hit, hit some spot up shots and um I, I'm not going to say he was a good defender at this point in his career because the injuries had, had taken their toll, but um, I, I would say he was a smart defender to, to the point where he knew where to be. Uh, he just always, he just couldn't always get there as he could earlier in his career. So, all right. Who's, who's, do you have to, did you make your 10 or? No, I have one more pick. This okay. is pick, your last pick. Okay. So I'll just read off some other names here. Um, the big center, I, is there like, I'm not taking these guys. I'm thinking about who I get here, but um, like, dude, why did you not take Daryl Dawkins over to Kembe Matumbo? Yeah. It, it, I thought about it, but. Chocolate Thunder was better than Dikembe, I think. I mean, he, he Dikembe, was probably, Dikembe yes. Was not scoring for you like at all. Right. He was, he's probably a better player. He's a better player. I agree. But Dikembe as, as just a defensive back end guy who in, in my kind of backup role where it's, it's like an all-star team of sorts. So you, you need other guys are going to be doing the scoring and doing everything else. I just like to kind of knowing his role of like, Hey, you're not really going to get the ball on offense except for like put backs and lobs and just be, be the defensive player of the year, just all time great rim protector that you are. I just really liked having to in that role. So. That was why, but yeah, Daryl was the, the better player. I, I'm, I I wouldn't argue that. And then I'm looking through the guards and forwards for my last pick. A few names I have down, like George McGinnis, like just very talented scoring forward with yes. really a lot of athleticism and scoring there. Again, if I bring McGinnis on this team, my team's just so athletic. It's nine incredible athletes plus Kyle Korver. But um, <laughs> um, I. I I wrote down Tobias Harris's name. I'm not gonna pick him, but I wrote that wrote down Tobias's name. I think it's fair at least to think about it for a sec. I did not write down Tobias's name. Tobias is good. Tobias is good. He's not all-time franchise good. Tobias would have went round four in the Timberwolves draft. Um, Yes, yes, definitely. 
Um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll see that someday. I also have them like for guards: Doug Collins, Hersey Hawkins. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote down Lou Williams' name. Just yeah. About it. No, he's. I mean, because point guard is so thin. So yeah. I had my next point guards were World, World Be Free, who was kind of a combo guard, and so was Lou a combo guard. So they were really the next guys I had at the at the quote unquote point guard position. Because yeah, there's there's isn't a lot of depth there in in franchise history. There's a guy I'm thinking. So the things my team like could either use like again with Embiid and Chamberlain, I immediately covered up all the size and inside even other big forwards like Simmons, Bill, Bobby Jones, Billy Cunningham, all my size is covered. Um, as far as ball handlers go, I really have I have Butler, I have Andrew Tony. Ben can handle the ball. What we obviously know Ben can be limited by the fact he's not really looking to score much out of his handle, but can still handle the ball. Um, I think Barkley could do it. Barkley could do it a little bit, but I wouldn't want to give him too much of it. Because the other thing my team could use is shooting. It's shooting versus handling. Um, if I wanted to just go, like, I need a game manager at some point, I could go old man Andre Miller, but I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> I almost wrote Andre Miller down because I loved well, his always so okay. much. He's always an okay option. But then I thought, like, did Andre Miller ever make an all-star team? I don't think he did, right? He was one of those, like... He's one of like, the all-time great, never made an all-star team. Right, like, like Mike Conley prior to finally making the all-star team last year. And I was just like, how, how could I have been a guy that didn't make an all-star team on an all-time team list? Well, I mean, but yeah, like Kyle, great, great table setter for sure. Kyle Korver technically did, but it's like a fake all-star appearance, but that was more just for fit. And I'm also thinking about, so I'll t- since again, you don't have a pick after this. I can just talk openly. Um, I am thinking about Robert Covington just for the fit. Wow. Really? Well, doesn't it make sense? Like just, I get the shooting plus the defensive versatility of Rocco. And I just, that's I, like a deep process. I feel like you're in the process weeds. If you're taking okay, Robert Covington to be like an all-time great sixer. I just put Rocco and Corver around all my freak athletes and let them go to work. Right. I, I like, mean, what does Rocco ever have to do on this team besides lock up defensively and hit above the break threes? Hey man, it's your team. Every, everything else is covered. I'm just, I'm just going to, point out that you're now saying robert covington is one of the 20 no no we said we were drafting teams to play like i know i know but people um, are going to view it that way like like i could get george i think george mcginnis is the most talented guy left but what if what does charles what does george mcginnis do that charles barkley and jimmy butler do not do better but besides turn the ball over he he can be a backup to those guys (laughs) Yeah, but do I need that? I already have guys who are going to have the ball in their hands. <sighs> this is agony. Uh, <laughs> All right, you're back on the clock, man. You got 10 seconds. I know, I know, I know. I could also just pick Tobias Harris instead of Rocco, because they could probably tell him to do the same. But now Rocco is deep. I'm just like, it makes sense why Ro- – I think Rocco makes sense to this team construction, just – Hey, you're right. the tenth guy. You literally. But so take crazy. him, take him, man. You got five seconds. Five, is more talented. Four. Okay, we, we are three, only. At the, I am the one, and it's the podcast. So I, <laughs> I can decide when this all happens. Um. Yeah, screw it. Give me Rocco. Wow. My team's. Got, we just added two shooters from our last picks because. Again, there's a chance Robert Cummington just flat up better at basketball than Dolph Shays because we don't know. 
you know yes yes because it was 1955 of course robert covington's probably better at basketball like uh-huh. every, every everyone's better at everything Victory. 50 years later like so you admit that i've won that's not what we're saying here yeah so roko roko and Dolph shays are going to guard each other Dolph won't be able to take him off the dribble and then roko will just splash threes in his face and i bet maybe Dolph is so slow that roko can drive on him which I know like, is a big step for Roko's handle, but like again, next, next you're going to tell me that like uh, a double Herrera could hit off Babe Ruth or something, and that means that he's the better player. <laughs> See, that can't affect me because I don't like baseball. But uh, <laughs> okay, no, okay, we'll read down our teams one one more time each. First, my team, then your team. And we'll just. We might put up a poll later. We might have something to decide this, but for now, like, we'll just go off our teams one last time here. My team, in order of their picked, Wilt Chamberlain, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Andrew Tony, Charles Barkley, Bobby Jones, Billy Cunningham, Ben Simmons, Kyle Korver, Robert Covington, and Sean Reed off your team. All right. I got uh... – I don't have the order that I picked them. But do, you want, I, do you want me to read it off? Because I have the order you picked it in. Okay, yeah, go ahead. And Sean's team, a.k.a. the worst team, Julius Irving, Maurice Cheeks, Moses Malone, Hal Greer, Allen Iverson, Dolph Shays, Andre Iguodala, Dikembe Mutombo, Drew Holiday, Chris Webber. And once again, these are all during their times with the Sixers, which, again, I think this is a point against you, is that, like, a lot of the guys on your team, you can argue, had better – their play their best level of play happened with other teams and i know that's for some of my guys too but like dr j his best play was in the ada um i would say that you could argue that for the role you're asking of Igadala, he was better at it with the warriors the kenny matumbo certainly best then matumbo holiday and chris weber all definitely were like better with other teams than they were with the sixers well i mean well, some of your guys were too like wilt barkley uh, Butler, like I think, all better. I think all you can make a case. Ninety Barkley was better than ninety-three Barkley, although it's close. Yeah, I I don't know about that, but yeah, it is it is close. Like, yeah, yeah. obviously, still a Hall of Fame caliber player when he was with Philadelphia. I basically have the twenty nineteen Sixers, but turn Kyle Korver into JJ Redick, and then instead of the bench, you have Billy Cunningham, Bobby Jones, Charles Barkley, Andrew Tony, and Wilt Chamberlain. I think that's not bad. <laughs> yes, we both have good teams. They, <laughs> the Philadelphia franchise has been around for 60 plus years. Um, there have been, as much as we agonized over what often feels very frustrating to root for this team, they, they have had quite a few outstanding players come through here. Um, but yeah, this was, this was interesting to kind of to go back and not only look at you know, where, where the positional strengths were, but, but how you would go about constructing a roster like this. Um, so yeah, it was a fun exercise. It was a fun exercise that I most definitely won. Uh, thank you all for listening <laughs> for this episode of the talking about podcast. We'll be back again next week. Uh, Sean, anything to say before we head out? Uh, no, um, it, it looks like Larry Nance is going to Portland. Um, mm. So that, that should be, helpful for uh portland in their keeping dame like what whatever they're trying to do there so that 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 seems uh not great if you're a sixers fan hoping dame asks out as soon as possible Um, honest question is larry nance jr better than Dolph shades 
like yes if you stuck larry nance jr in 1955 this that that's not that's not the comparison you have to make man that's not how this works i'm sorry my team's just gonna beat yours you, you got everyone all is better at everything than people 60 years in the past that that's just how evolution works man i don't know what to tell you didn't we have less pollution back then well, that's, but, okay so take well no yeah i think there probably have been more environmental restrictions put I mean, in place like, now than then i honestly don't know but um, yeah we don't have to get into that that's that's not important but yes i i realize that people are more athletic in 2021 than 1955 that that's not the discussion here i got i got like the one guy from back then is universally agreed upon as still as athletic as anybody ever which is walt chamberlain i did so well all right. I'm, I'm glad you're pleased with your draft. So until next week, everybody, um, we'll, we'll, we'll be here to talk about any Benson and smoke signals and, and anything else that might pop up in the next week. So take care. Thanks for listening, everybody.